Welcome to the Debrief Podcast with Matt Brown, the podcast where pastor and author Matt Brown debriefs your questions about Christianity and current issues shaping our culture. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. I can feel the bass on that. That feels really great. Yeah, I love it. I love it too. All right. So there have been a lot of talks in the news recently about spy balloons. Oh, wow. And okay. surveillance drones yeah, yeah. flying over both the U.S. and China. And it seems like the relationship between the U.S. and China is worsening with a looming threat of war. How should Christians think about a conflict like this? Yeah, so I think that our, our politicians are demonstrating on both sides that they're human. And there just seems to be all around the world this inability to bring things down. Mm-hmm. I feel like we do this left and right, black and white, uh, and now we're doing it America, China. America, Russia, there, there's, there's no, there's no sense that we need to de-escalate. Mm-hmm. And so we've lost that heart amongst, amongst our politicians. Cause I think we've lost that heart amongst our people. Mm-hmm. And so it's, how do we bring down the rhetoric? How do we reasonably work through and talk through difficult issues with where we disagree? Mm-hmm. And this is why it's so important for us as Christians to learn to be reasonable. So one of my favorite scriptures I read a couple of weeks ago was I pray that you may be free from unreasonable men. The Apostle Paul says that as the King James translation. And I think that we, we're living in a day and age where, where things are unreasonable mm-hmm. and we just criticize and attack because they're not on our team. They're not a part of us. And, um, you know, dealing with Russia is one thing. They're not a superpower. They don't even have the economy of California. Um, not that I want to go to nuclear war with anybody, but, you know, some of their, we don't even know if their missiles work and, I mean, just look at what happens. I mean, Elon Musk can barely get rockets off the ground. Ro- mm-hmm. Rocket technology is extraordinarily <laughs> difficult. Most of those missiles have been sitting in Russia for 40, 50, 60 years. Mm-hmm. They could blow up on them as much as they could. And, and God knows what they're going to hit or where they're going to hit. And so I think Putin is a, is a, a lot more bark than he is bite. But, um, you know, again, Mitt Romney said in 2012, our greatest geopolitical foe is uh Putin and Barack Obama said, this isn't your daddy's war. Well, <laughs> turns out the Mormon from Utah was right. <laughs> so, you know, and again, that's where I think we, 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 we far too often laugh off somebody maybe that we don't like. I mean, Barack Obama's way cooler of a person than, you know, Mitt Romney's probably never been accused of being cool uh, a day in his life. But in that instance, he was right. Yeah. And he was seeing some things that Putin was doing that I think we ignored. And, um, you know, and now we're in a situation where, you know, I, you know, I think what most people say is he wants to recreate the, uh, the former Soviet Union, which is dangerous to sovereign nations and countries and peoples. And, um, you know, but we have problems here in our own country with, uh, you know, a lack of freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our universities are, are now seminaries for leftism and it's just, it's grotesque. And so we need to celebrate free speech, um, you know, because there are some things where we become like China and we become like Russia in our country where we suppress the, this, you know, free speech. I don't know if you guys heard, but if you ask chat GBT uh, about Joe Biden, it will tell you. But if you ask chat GBT about uh, Donald Trump, it will put up a warning and say, it's not able to speak on controversial things. Oh, wow. So chat GPT is a Democrat. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so those, those things are problems. Mm. And so we need to, whether you like Trump or not, <clears throat> we need to be able to speak about him. Right. <clears throat> and, and talk through issues. Sorry, guys. I got, I got, yeah, I'm just choking on air (laughs) this morning. So what we need to do is we need to learn to to work through difficult issues. And that's what I'm hoping we can do on this show. Uh, Some Mm -hmm. of the questions today are, 
you know, you have some challenges or problems with some things I've taught or said, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And we need to learn to work through those things because I think the gut reaction of most church people is I'm out. Mm-hmm. I heard one thing I don't like, I'm out. And so sometimes things are communicated poorly. Uh, sometimes I, I, I just say things out loud that came out wrong. Yeah. Um, As but, we all but, do. but what we need to learn to do is, you know, talk through these issues. Uh, China, China is a real problem. So mm-hmm. let me, let me pivot. China has an advanced military. They have four times as many people as we do. Um, it, it's a real problem. And America has gotten very wealthy <clears throat> building up our enemy. And it's again, the fool. That's what the proverb says. You can never teach a fool. America has been foolish and, and we have done this to ourselves. And unfortunately, if you're a young person today, you know, we need to deal with the fact that Congress left and right enriches themselves over policies that enslave us mm-hmm. as workers. San Bernardino, where you live, is the result of shipping all of our jobs overseas, right. of building nothing here. Um, you know, in Hunter Park, we have those beams mm-hmm. that we, that we we had to spend $150,000 per beam, and we ordered those from China. When you were a kid, guess where we would have got those from? San Bernardino, yeah. Kaiser Steel. Mm-hmm. There is no Kaiser Steel. People lived and worked in San Bernardino, their whole families, whole generations yep. did nothing but work at this steel plant. Mm-hmm. It's gone. It's disappeared. And those jobs cannot be replaced with technology and college. And so like what you and I were taught when we were kids is just go to college and everybody will get a great job. Now things are actually shifting. Absolutely. So we talked about what should young people do? I, I think the poor people, if you're a kid, will be college graduates. And the people that are wealthy are people that are actually willing to do stuff. And so blue collar work is what they used to call it. I think are actually going to be people that that really, really do well. Mm -hmm. And college graduates, right? We have all this debt and we're competing and we've learned nothing. Mm -hmm. We've learned nothing but to hate our country, hate each other and hate God. Mm -hmm. And it's like, whoa, Um, you know, we need to work through these things and we need to learn to talk through these things. So I think China needs to be dealt with. The the problem with with Asia is is racism and and, and Mm -hmm. bigotry. So the Koreans hate the Japanese, the Japanese hate the Koreans, the Filipinos hate all of them. And so there's all this ethnic tension (laughs) because we think in America, like we invented racism. There's all of this ethnic tension and hundreds of years of hatred. And, you know, the Japanese enslaved the Koreans. Mm -hmm. Like there's bitterness. And even like the Taiwanese, even though they're Mm -hmm. tiny, tiny island. I mean, there's severe hatred between the the big part of that. Well, those are the Chinese that lost. So they fled to Taiwan. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Vietnam hates China. (laughs) There's just, you know, um, you know, we, in America, we, we talk about things in black and white and like in Europe, man, I found out, wow, white people hate each other. I mean, right. Are you Catholic? Are you, <laughs> right, are you, exactly. are you Protestant? You right. know, are you French? Are you German? Mm-hmm. And there's, there's not this label of white or black around the world that only exists here. Yeah. It's really, really weird thing in our country, but we, we have to learn to deal with that. And so we need to pray for our leaders and I'm mm-hmm. hoping, and um, I, I'm praying for a couple things. Number one, that we get a president, uh, whether it's a Democrat or Republican, that's not a senior citizen. Amen. Like let, let's get and somebody amen. that can think, yeah. And, and, and that's no, that's nothing to disparage anyone in our, in our, uh, our, any of our listeners. I'd be amazed if we have listeners on the debrief that are over 75, but you do not need to be leading the country at 75 period. There, there are very, very few people that age well enough to do that. And I don't know if you guys heard, but the Barack Obama's doctor who just did the physical on Joe Biden said, he's not a young 80. <laughs> like, and let me translate that. He is he's not old. well. Yeah, yeah he's, he's not, not well. well. I mean, you can see when he yeah. talks. I yeah. mean, everybody wants to chalk that up to stuttering. And I'm like, mm, I was a social worker for the elderly yeah. for like six years. And yeah. I'm like, that's dementia. Well, yeah. You know, yeah. And think about, so think about, you know, all of the calls for cognitive tests for Trump. Right. 
where did that go? Right. Like what, what, what happened to that? And so that's the thing is whatever, whatever you wanted for Trump, you need to, you need to call for, mm-hmm. uh, for, uh, Biden. That's why I like Nikki Haley. She said, if I'm president, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to mandate cognitive tests for candidates yes. that are over 75. And what's so sad about that is that as a, as a democratic country, we're so dumb <laughs> that we elect people that everyone knows. Okay. Like, this guy, yeah, he can't like, would anyone listening go to work for Joe Biden? Like no. if that was the boss, like I'm no. So, I mean, there's very few jobs you would get at no. his age with his cognitive ability outside of yeah. running the nation. You know what I'm saying? And again, it's because we're locked, we're locked in this thing mm-hmm. where, you know, Trump is Hitler, which yeah. mm-hmm. you have no idea who Hitler is. <laughs> and, and, right. and so we, so, so Biden becomes the thing that we have to swallow to, deal with right, this the evil and, yeah. and it's just like guys th- okay when that happens this is this is what we get and and so mm-hmm. you know it, you know in california where most of our listeners are there's not one problem that you have that's a republican problem they have no voice they have no say right there's not one policy no. yeah your life is not being affected at all by republicans in california so you need to take a look at that and you need to say okay some of these progressive things like i was watching bill maher do you guys watch bill maher so I was watching Bill Maher and he, he had, he had a guest on and, and he said, as Democrats, he said, we have to own that some people need to be in prison forever. Yeah. One clap. <laughs> and so Bill Maher stopped and he said, not Bill Maher. I'm saying the wrong guy. O'Reilly? No, no, not Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> HBO. Is it Bill Maher? Okay. It's Bill yeah. Maher. Sorry. Um, who's the, who's the redheaded comedian? And now he's shaved dead. Bill. Bill Burr. That, okay, that's what I thought I was saying. So Bill Maher, he stopped his audience and he said, I, I just want you to, to listen. He said, do rapists, serial killers, mm-hmm. and murderers need to be locked up forever? He said, because I think they do. Mm-hmm. He said, but you're all Democrats and you can't clap for that. He mm-hmm. goes, that's what's wrong with our party. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, amen. I was like, amen. Okay, this guy's onto something, but my cousin who's who considers himself uh, center left <laughs> thinks Bill Maher has become a right wing conservative. And, um, and and that's what's happening with like Joe Rogan, uh, um, Elon Musk, these lifelong Democrats are going, wait a minute, you guys have gone way too left. And that's what's happened is we just need some common sense. Mm -hmm. Look, boys are boys, girls are girls. Look, if you're trans, you're trans. I'll call you that. You're not a woman. You're not a man. Like we we need to, we don't need to rethink athletics. (laughs) Yeah. No. I mean, with all the things that we have going on, that's yeah. oh, the man. last. So uh, I was listening to this black father, man. Oh my gosh. I love black people. You guys have, <laughs> the, you. You guys have the ability to <laughs> say things that white, as white people, we just can't find the words. But here's what he said. He said, he said, I have two boys and one girl. He says, he said, do you think I ever allow my boys to beat up on their sister? Mm. He said, what makes you think I'm going to let your sons beat up on my daughter. Right. And he, I mean, he just, he went after him Mm -hmm. and he said, look, my daughter's an amazing athlete. I love her. There's nothing she can't do, but she is a woman and she has a woman's body and I will not allow her to be wounded by your sons. Wow. And, and he just, he he looked at the school board. He said, thank you for your service. Your time's done. Mm -hmm. It was dude. I was like, (laughs) so, um, you know, and it was beautiful, but we have to speak common sense to to that. And, um, and and we can be compassionate for all democratic you know, uh, people in our church, you feel like I'm piling on you. I'm just saying in California, yeah. It, if you're a Californian, I cannot criticize the Republican party because it they're does, <laughs> they have nothing. Yeah. You know, the, the, the Republicans are make a big a difference at the state Senate as I can. Mm-hmm. It's just, 
it, we're, we're just, we've lost all common sense. We just had all that rain. And I told you guys, Governor Newsom just signed. And again, so I talked about don't criticize the person, criticize the policy. Here's the policy. Governor Newsom signed a bill that says we do not pump water from the Delta in, in December and January. We live in a desert. Yeah. That is asinine. <laughs> Asinine, to say the least. To, to say the least. And so all that rain we just had, all that flooding we just had, 95% just went into the yeah, ocean. Yeah. And we saved none of it. Mm -hmm. um, and and we need we need to dam some more rivers. It, it, it creates zero emissions. Yeah. It's clean energy. You can, and, and, and again, the environmentalists, we have to deal with this. Mm -hmm. Like human beings matter too. Yeah. And so we have to have some common sense approach. And so- Wow, that was way off the subject. That's okay. So, what I want to bring you back to yeah, is you, you said back, save us. the things that you were praying for. So you said, number one, I am praying for Joe Biden something. <laughs> I think you said, I am praying for uh, us to not elect older leaders. Yes. And On then, either side. Yes. Because you need to have somebody that's that's cognitively aware. And here's the thing is, I think senior citizens can be manipulated. It happens all the oh, time. yeah, absolutely. You know, hey, you have a special account in Nigeria. Just forward me your, <laughs> right. you know, your social security and your maiden number. And here you go. It happens all the time. Seniors get ripped off. And, mm -hmm. and Joe Biden, I think, is being manipulated and oh, misled. Absolutely. And so that is wrong. Mm -hmm. It's wrong what, you know, you're doing. If you're in the Democratic Party, you're mm -hmm. pushing him further left and he has no idea. And it's just, it's just terribly sad. The other thing is, is he able to cognitively sit down and deal with Putin? I don't believe so. No. And so now we have the war machine. We have generals that, that make billions of dollars off building weapons, sending weapons. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, Dwight Eisenhower, the great general from World War II, who in his retirement speech warned us of the war machine. Mm -hmm. And that war machine is powerful. Look, I think we need a, a great military. Um, we don't need to be fighting everywhere all the time and, mm -hmm. and, and, and say what you want to say about Trump. He kept us out of wars. And, and that was one of his promises that I think he did keep. And I, and I appreciate that about him because I don't want my son dying Absolutely. for these things. It's ridiculous. So China's a problem. We need to figure out a way to deescalate. We need to figure out a way to unhook us yeah. um, economically from, from that him. engine because mm -hmm. it's not safe. We need to figure out how to deal with Mexico. Mexico has, has, has a real problem with the cartel. Um, mm -hmm. we need to figure out how to improve the lives of Mexicans. People don't realize this, but Mexico is a, is a huge population of people, young population, mm -hmm. low wage. Right. It's perfect to build and do manufacturing, but we have to deal with crime yeah. and drugs. So, so we have to deal with that. And I, I don't know how we deal with that, but I wish we would have been investing in Mexico all these years mm -hmm. because think about if Mexico had risen like China in the last 30 years. Yeah. Like now that's a great neighbor that we have and they would, they would be able to pay police officers mm -hmm. and uh, councilmen money to where they're not bowing a knee to the cartel and yeah. dealing with those things. And so, um, you know, so much of the, the, the sex trade, the slave trade, all of that's coming from our Southern border. Yeah. And, and that's a problem. Mm -hmm. It's sick that people still do that. So we need to deal with China. The only way to deal with that, I think is to, to, to lower the rhetoric, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I don't know what to do with Taiwan. So when I was having a, I was having a meeting with one of our congressmen, um, you know, I challenged him, you know, hey, let's bring the rhetoric down. I think that Joe Biden and the Democrats are upping the rhetoric. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because they want the attention off the job they're doing. Yeah. So the best way for you to quit criticizing me is I point to a bigger problem. And I think that's what they're doing. And, uh, and they got real problems. And, um, you know, I saw this with our governor. The governor is surrounded by believers, not thinkers. And again, I'm going to come back to that. Remind me to come mm. back to that as Christians, yeah. because we don't just want to be believers. We want to be thinkers. Yeah. And 
the average age of the person working around Governor Newsom, I would say is like 25. Three, four master's degrees in thinking, gender studies, you name sure. it. No common sense whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And they're just continually doing things. And their faith, their religious faith is environmentalism. And they're going to punish all of us sinners. Yeah. And they don't care how it affects us mm -hmm. because we need to repent of what we've done to Mother Earth. And they're going to drive this home even though it ruins us all. Uh -huh. And um, And that's the thing is, secularism is the new religion. Science is the new religion and we need to start calling them out for their faith yeah. and saying, we don't, I don't have to, I don't have to be a part of your faith right? Um, because it is a religion. It is. And, and they do worship and they are fanatical. And just like we have the book of revelation, they have, uh, you know, the, 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 the coming um, environmental apocalypse, right. I mean, they have their Everything own book, <laughs> you know? And so, uh, but there's no accountability for their prophets. They just yeah. next 12 years, next 10 years, mm -hmm. next 15 years. And I'm not saying for all of our listeners, again, think. I'm not saying that the environment doesn't matter. I don't know anyone right. who says that. Right. We all need clean water. We all need clean air, but we also need jobs. Yeah. And um, and we need smart solutions, not yeah. just, you know, to the point of saving the environment. And our people can't, in California, yeah. cannot drink water out of their faucet. You know, well, we have to. Yeah. And yeah. what do you think is happening to black families, families of color uh, with their gas bill? Oh. That's now tripled. My guess, but I can't even, I don't even know. I was like, is there something <laughs> that I missed here? Because it's like, why yeah. is it $500? Well, you know? <laughs> what I think it is, is we blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. Yeah. That's what I think. And we promised Europe cheap gas. Yeah. So you and I have to pay for that now. Right. That's what I think. I don't have any proof, right? That's the conspiracy theory of the day. <laughs> um, but I don't think Russia blew up their own pipeline. Right. Oh my gosh, that's genius. Um, so I think we're paying, we're, we're yeah, paying absolutely. the price for the poor thinking of our politicians. And so that's why quit calling yourself a Republican, quit calling yourself a Democrat right. and start using your brain and, and finding out where people align on the issues. Yeah. And uh, because they're not leading us well. And, you know, um, I, I'm proud of Nikki Haley that she threw a ring in the hat. I'm also appreciative to some liberals who, who went after Don Lemon for going after her age. Right. And she's I like, what, her. 25 years younger than <laughs> right. our current president. I'll take that all day, every day. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, I, I just appreciate that people are willing to challenge him because he just doesn't like her because she's a Republican. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think and that's the thinking, right? It's us and them. Yeah. And it's like all or nothing. Like you have if you're a Democrat, you have to mm -hmm. love all of these things that we love. And if you're a Republican, you have to love all of the things yeah. that we love. And it's like, no, some stuff is dumb. Like well, some stuff just doesn't make sense. Here's what here's what I would say. Anyone who's political, stop calling it the U.S. Get rid of the period. It's us. Yeah, that's good. It's us. Yeah. And, 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 and you're screwing up. Us. us. Yeah. Right. So it's not the U S it's right. us. And so we all have to deal with this. We right. all have families. We all have economies. None good. of us want to go to war. Right. Like what are we doing? Mm -hmm. And, um, that's and, and, and so here's the thing with China is we have real leverage with them because they can't feed themselves, mm -hmm. which is crazy. They can't, they have to have, well, there's two countries that can feed them America and then Ukraine yeah. <laughs> that those are the two most fertile, uh, wheat lands in the world. Mm -hmm. And guess what? So, um, hmm. And so we, we have to deal with that. And so I would say, pray for your politicians, yeah. pray for wisdom Amen. and pray for a spirit of de-escalation. Let's good. calm down the rhetoric. Um, and that's where, <clears throat> if you're a Trump fan, um, right. what I said this week was tone matters just as much to God as Absolutely. truth. And so Trump would say some true things. He never hit the right tone. Yeah. And so, and I know some people, they like that, but, but guess what? More people didn't. 
Yeah. That was the downfall. Yeah. He he would just pop off and yeah. then nobody did. <clears throat> what do you do with what yeah. he just said? You yeah. know? Well, he already criticized Nikki Haley for her ambition. I'm yeah. like, good God. <laughs> Isn't that the pot calling the kettle black? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So good. Thank you. That was good. Yeah. All right. Let's keep rolling. Um, I want to recap that. Pray for your politicians, you yeah. said. You said pray for wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. James 1, God gives wisdom freely, yeah. yes. freely if we ask for it. Um, and then pray for our nation. Pray that people turn to God because yeah. we need him immediately. Mm-hmm. Yes. Amen. Yeah. All right. So this has been good. Yeah. We've been in a great series still yes. on the Ten Commandments. I know. I love we it. We are on commandment five. Mm-hmm. Yes. Halfway through. And um, the last couple of weeks we've talked about rest or the Sabbath. Yeah. And we've talked about honor. And I had several young people actually come up to me after service yesterday and talk about how many notes they took and how powerful wow. it was to honor recognize that they can honor the position the even when they cannot honor the person. Yeah. So kind of give us a little bit more of that for someone who might've missed it. Yeah. So, I mean, I actually got, um, so I talked about not just honoring politicians, but honoring pastors. And I, I got, I got more challenges and I oh, got wow. more disrespect and dishonor in the mm-hmm. lobby this week than I have in a while. <laughs> oh no. And, um, you know, Wow. And again, it's because we don't live in a culture of honor and we live in a culture of offense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, so even if you don't agree with me, the Bible calls you to honor me. Even if I don't agree with you, yes, the Bible calls me to honor you. And so what we, here's, here's the problem with all of Christianity today is we throw out the commands that we don't like, mm-hmm. and then we want to hold others accountable to the ones that we do. Mm-hmm. And so we need to honor each other. We, we need to do this. So Moses honored Pharaoh, and that's so important. And um, and when Moses wasn't honoring to his own people, God God held him accountable. That's right. When he struck the rock twice in anger, because God told him to speak to the rock, mm-hmm. and he hit the rock. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and it just shows that God cares. And for those of you who think you're better than Moses, you've not read Exodus. Mm-hmm. Moses knows God better than you do. Moses is more powerful than you do. Moses has had more faith than you ever will. Moses is the most dominant figure of the Old Testament. Um, Like when you read the book of Matthew and the gospels, Jesus is, 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 excuse me, Matthew is pushing Jesus as the new Moses. Hmm. That's how important Moses is. He's deliver. Uh, That's right. And so we we need to have respect for him. So if God is going to hold him accountable, he's going to hold you and I accountable. And it's so hard. And we are so immersed in this culture where I'm just going to say it like it is mm-hmm. that you you are not worshiping God as he is mm-hmm. and you are missing the truth of tone matters just as much as truth. And we have to speak the truth in love. Otherwise, what's the point of right. truth? And so, um, you know, I know that was a hard lesson. It was a big challenge. And I, I got one guy, the guy that was furious with me, he just said, look, I just disagree with what you said. You said our country has never systematically killed, um, children. He goes, what about abortion? And I just said, look, there's a difference between you choosing Mm -hmm. to kill your child Mm -hmm. and a leader picking an ethnic group and saying, all black boys, all Hispanic boys, all Asian boys, all Irish boys, all Italian boys, you know, all, uh, all Poles. Mm -hmm. We've never done that. And America's had some grievous sins. Right. So Pharaoh's a horrible leader. He's a bigot. He is, he is, uh, you know, a practical atheist. He's even worse than an atheist. He thinks he's God. Yeah, right. You know, a narcissist. But even in that, Moses says, I will give you the honor Mm -hmm. of telling me when I call back the curse. Mm -hmm. I mean. Right. 
you know, tomorrow. Right. It's, it's, <laughs> it just shows part. you he's yeah. just such an idiot. <laughs> right. You know, how about now? Yeah, how about exactly. right Immediately. Now? Yeah. Yeah. And so, so, hmm. so Moses is showing us how to honor the position when the person is despicable. Yeah. And so, you know, I got a bunch of questions and I always do. And it's, you know, usually from girls, you know, my dad sexually molested mm-hmm. me or my uncle sexually molested me. Do, how do I honor them? You don't honor that. Right. So, um, you know, you don't do that. So I think we have a question. Yeah, I think, more specifically and I want to say something really quick about um, just honoring pastors. I've had this conversation with the wise actually, and how um, here at Sandals, we have, you know, felt so much honor as leaders. Like mm-hmm. we feel honored as a people, but there's such a difference sometimes in, for example, African-American yeah. churches where they hold the leader right. in such high esteem, almost to the point of, yeah. A little too much, yeah, yeah. right? It mm-hmm. goes a little bit. But sometimes in in predominantly white churches, there's not as much honor mm-hmm. for the leadership. Yeah. And it's it's very uh it's been very interesting for us to see. I'm not saying that you're you're supposed to be uh, you know, people walking around and fawning, you know, right, fawning yeah. after you or all of those things, but there is an element of honor that I think that gets lost. And I don't know why that is. I think in African American churches, um, you know, the pastor was the most predominant male right. figure in the community. Yeah. And so they held them in such high esteem and such honor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's something that gets a little lost that, that what I appreciate and have always appreciated is that you said a couple times, touch not my anointed. And I know people right. can get a little bit yeah. weird about that, but God commands us to honor. Yeah. So like that pastor that I, I believe the pastor should resign. Yeah. I counseled him to resign. Right. I don't, I don't think he's, I don't think he's, and if, and if he's you were talking about the pastor that on Sunday, you mentioned yeah. a pastor that yeah. you felt like should not be in leadership. Yeah. And so. if he's listening to this, um, man, I love you, bro. You, you're just, you're just in a cloud, a cloud mm. of confusion and mm-hmm. darkness. And you know, um, you know, he came at me personally for, for, you know, um, basically, you know, he felt like maybe I was trying to take his church. And so Mm. I just said, okay, we'll, we'll solve that right now. Yeah. I'm out. Right. I'm out. And, and I did that because, you know, sandals, I don't ever want sandals to be accused of stealing anyone's church. Uh, cause it's not my church. It's not your church. It's God's church. So, um, but then some other people said, well, you need to, you need to help get, him out and mm-hmm. absolutely not yeah that's that that is that local church's problem mm-hmm. and, and that is that local church's pastor and and i believe for his own benefit the pastor's own benefit he needs to get out and mm-hmm. get help um but my words were not received mm-hmm. in love and uh they were received with accusation mm-hmm. and motive on mm-hmm. my part so i just went okay i'm out i believe i was right yeah but me being right doesn't give me the opportunity to take down the Lord's anointing because right. then now God's going to deal with me. That's right. So when Moses strikes the rock and he says, you people are rebellious, that was true. Mm-hmm. They were rebellious. Mm-hmm. But Moses now is rebelling against God by hitting the rock with yeah. the anointed staff that God had given right. him. Well, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. And so so that's where we have to be so careful mm-hmm. when we speak truth. And I'm going to talk about this week um, you know, and this is where I think we're headed in our culture. And the the verse this week is "Thou shalt not kill." Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times we, we think of killing in, in with anger, mm-hmm. right? So I get angry at you, and so I kill you. Well, there's a worse form of anger. It's called contempt. Mm-hmm. So anger is hot, contempt is cold. Mm-hmm. And when we become cold and callous, we treat people, yeah. and we slaughter nations. Mm-hmm. Right. And and we see this amongst blacks in Africa. We're seeing this amongst Russians and Ukrainians who are basically ethnic right. cousins. Right. Same religion. Mm-hmm. There's a contempt. Yeah. 
so I can slaughter you and I can kill you. You know, anger only motivates for so long. Contempt creates wars. Mm -hmm. And and that's my concern is, is that we're creating a culture of contempt mm -hmm. and, and, and we've forgotten that people matter. So I can say whatever I want to say about you on Twitter. Right. I can destroy you. I can tear you down. I can gossip about you. I can slander you um, because you you're you're despicable and horrible and there's nothing good about you yeah. and it's like well okay well maybe we just disagree right and and so we need to learn to talk through that so this next week's honor. message is going to be tough yeah Amen. so honor 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 and honor. and let me just say to everyone who's listening you've you've not been raised in a culture of honor mm -hmm. so you need to you need to understand this and again what's the rule a culture of honor blesses everyone that's everybody yeah yeah and so we we need to do this and, and we need this and when we start honoring each other and we start honoring ourselves we stop sinning mm-hmm Oh, because I'm honorable. Right. So. Right. So yeah. good. All right. So we have a uh, question from Danielle in Toronto. Mm. And hello, Danielle. It says, my father was not honorable and did not raise me in an honorable way. During this week's sermon, you mentioned not telling anyone anything further if they ask. Speaking for myself and I think others with traumatic, abusive childhoods, not speaking the truth feels a lot like living under that cloud of secrecy and shame again. Mm -hmm. Saying out loud to people that my dad's an alcoholic and not a very good man who hurt me feels like freedom. How can I honor my father while also honoring my truth? I choose to live out loud using my current and past experiences to help others know and to remind myself that my parents' mistakes are not for me to have to hide or carry. Any yeah, longer. Amen. So Danielle, let me just say, I'm, I'm, I'm totally sorry for what your dad did. And that's awful and terrible. Um, and nothing I said in that sentence dishonored your father. Mm -hmm. So it's okay to be clear. It's okay to speak truth. But again, how do we speak the truth? So if I said your dad was, and I just gave a, a list of expletives, mm -hmm. that's dishonor. Mm -hmm. But if I say your father was an alcoholic, your father was a molester, your father did these things. If I speak truth, um, you know, th that's not dishonoring. So it's not dishonoring to speak the truth. It's dishonoring in how we mm -hmm. speak the truth. Um, and, and so here's the difference. You don't say my dad was a disrespectful person. Here's how you honor him. My dad did this. My dad mm -hmm. did this. My dad did this. So you describe his behaviors. You don't attack his person. Because we can all do the math. Mm -hmm. Like I got it in my head. Right. Like if your dad molested you, I don't need you to tell me he's terrible. Right. I got, I got right. it. Right. Right. I got it. And so now you haven't spoken that over your father. Mm -hmm. and, and so you're not mm -hmm. in prison to that. And so the, the thing I would say though, Danielle, is true healing is not just telling your story of what's gone wrong. Because, because. Yes. The devil can get in that. The true healing part is of how the Lord has redeemed you mm -hmm. and has pulled you out of that. And so oftentimes in testimonies, we spend 90% of our time talking about the pain and we give 10% about the truth and the healing. Mm -hmm. And so what I would do is I'd flip that. I, I would go 10% for the pain mm -hmm. and then I would go 90% for the healing and the truth. And so what is the process that your father in heaven has brought you on? Mm -hmm. uh, but I would never ever uh, ask you to not tell the truth. She said, uh, what did she say? She said, not speaking it feels like she's living under that cloud of secrecy and shame again, but saying it out loud feels like freedom. Right. And so, so shame is not denying what happened to you. Shame is these things happened to me because there's something wrong with me. Right. So that's shame. Mm -hmm. Shame says my father did this to me because I was bad. Mm -hmm. That's shame. So that, that's gross. That's wrong. That's terrible. Um, so I don't want you to be under a cloud of shame and especially in anyone who's, who's been abused none of this is your fault mm -hmm. as a child. You you are trapped with parents whose job was to protect you. 
and when they become your abusers, this is not your fault. That's the devil. The devil is saying there's something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. And so he wants you to live under that shame. Jesus wants to set you free from that. Um, what I would just do is I, I want you to live out loud. I, I think you can use your current um, and past experiences to help others. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But don't let this story be your whole life. Mm -hmm. This story is a part of your life. It's actually just a chapter. Mm -hmm. So talk about that. But there's going to be a time where, you know, I'm going to guess, Danielle, you don't want to talk about this forever because it's going to be because some such a distant past and distant a distant memory that you really want to move in in the blessings of your of, of your present and your current and the future that God has for you. If we if we um, you know, if we live too long in the past, it just it just embitters us. So be careful. So I'm, yeah. I'm not telling you to deny it. I'm not telling you to excuse it. But if I if I live in my hurt, I'm going to remain hurt. So that's mm -hmm. my concern. But if 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 me sharing my hurt is a part of my healing journey yeah. and a part of my hope for my future, then I think it's a good thing. Yeah, and I and I just kind of want to say that this piece about honoring her truth, mm. um, and and I think we have to remember like experience is not truth always, right? Mm -hmm. So I would hope just like Pastor Matt said, that you're honoring the experience that you have, but that is not truth. Everything that happened to you is not true about you. Right. What God is doing in your life right now, that is truth. And so, so good. Yeah. I love that you said, tell the truth, the facts of right. what happened, mm -hmm. but you don't have to disparage or right. um, rail on that person. Don't attack the person. Yeah. Can reveal the facts all day. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. So, so in the way that I said that I can disagree with a person's policy, so that's politician. I can, I can disagree with and talk about a person's, what they did to me. Yeah. So I can say they did this, they did this, right. they did this, they did that. And, and that is truth. What I don't then do is go and say, and they are, because it's obvious. Yeah. I right. don't need to bring myself down by then helping the audience or the listener come to the conclusion that is obvious. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I can just state my dad did this, my dad did this, my dad did this, my dad did this. Um, you could even add something like, I pray for his soul. Mm -hmm. See, that's honoring. Yeah. Uh, I'm not yet at a place where I'm ready to completely forgive. That That's, that's even honoring. That's yeah, honest. That's honest. Um, yeah. I'm still healing. Mm -hmm. um, and again, you know, I, I, I think that a lot of times as Christians, we confuse forgiveness with the word release. Um how does God forgive you? And, and most Christians don't under this, understand this. God forgives us when we ask for forgiveness. Yeah. So a lot of Christians, I think, in an unhealthy way, feel mandated to forgive those who've not come for forgiveness. What I would say you need to do is you need to release judgment. Mm -hmm. Okay, God, this was wrong, but I don't want to carry this anymore. This is weighing me down. This is hurting me. I'm going to release judgment over to you, God, and I'm going to trust yeah. that you're going to deal with this yep. situation. And I don't have to be judge and I don't have to carry the weight of making this right because I know you will and and I'm going to hand this over. So just like think about it this way, like when um, let's say you had to go to court and speak against your dad, you're not accountable for the outcome. Mm -hmm. The jury is and the judges. Here's how you heal. You go in, this is what my dad did, and then you hand that burden because that's the burden of a jury. And, and everybody who doesn't want jury duty, listen to me. That is part of living in a free society. We carry the burden of executing judgment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's important. It's so, so important. Um, you know, and, and our, our society is so broken. You know, we, we think the death penalty is cruel and unusual. I was watching um, the show, The Vikings, with my, with my kids uh, the other day, and they're trying to get the truth out of this guy. And so they take a hot stick and yeah. they melt his eyeball. Yeah. That's cruel <laughs> right. and unusual punishment. But, but, um, you know, 
killing someone is not cruel and unusual. And we can get to that next week when we get to thou shalt not kill Mm -hmm. because it really means murder. That's Mm -hmm. the word. And so um, there are things in the Bible for which we, you know, we as a society have to say, that's not okay. And you don't get to live amongst us anymore. And so every society has to choose. And I'm I'm jumping forward, whether we incarcerate people forever at great expense, it's not cheap. uh, Or we just say, thank you very much. You know, go meet God. He's waiting. Yeah. Love it. So, so I hope that helps to you, but, but forgiveness, I don't think is always helpful because they haven't asked for it. Um, I think the word is release. Release. Yeah. I think that's really good. You have to release Like you don't owe me anything else. Mm -hmm. I'm going to leave you up to God. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, because there is a judgment day. Absolutely. So it it is coming and it's fierce. So there are four great is, is Danielle. God is love. God is light. Um, God is spirit. And listen to this one in Hebrews. God is a consuming fire. Yeah. And the apostle Paul says, we will all be cleansed as though through fire. Mm-hmm. Those of us who are saved are going to make it, but whew, through it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be warm. <laughs> um, and then, uh, then, then there are those who don't, they yeah. will not make it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they will be judged. Right. And, um, you know, uh, a lot of people fail, you know, fail to realize that just as heaven is personal, hell is also personal. Mm-hmm. It is not social communism e- equal. Right. Heaven is a place for rewards for those for the faithful. Right. Um, you know, so here's what we have in Christ. We all have eternal life. That is the promise that we all get. How we spend eternal life is based upon our sacrifice and our service to the Lord. Yes. And that is everywhere yeah. when you read Jesus. Guess what hell is? Hell is not equal either. Mm-hmm. Hell is personal. Mm-hmm. So Hitler's experience, yeah, as he is held accountable for the death of six million Jews. Right. Think about that. Right. That is going to be deeply personal. Mm-hmm. And um, mm. so, very different. So Danielle, praying for you, love you, appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, never listening. want you to not speak the truth. I want to challenge you in how you share the truth. Absolutely. Great. Alicia from Riverside, she says, in episode 197, you made a comment about having a transgender friend, but since they weren't Christian, you weren't allowed to share the gospel by telling them that they need Jesus Christ. My question to you is, why wouldn't you share the gospel to someone who needs it? Our minds and our bodies are something that go hand in hand. Are you being a disservice to them? Is it loving to only focus on hearing them when they're obviously broken? Right. So, um, Alicia, thank you very much. So the in episode 187, I'm talking about someone who's been in my life for 40 years. Mm-hmm. I've shared the gospel many times. Um, they are deeply broken. And the result of that brokenness, uh, psychologically, emotionally, and spiritually, I believe has led to uh, their gender dysphoria. Mm-hmm. So they've not dealt with many, many issues that have arisen in the past. And now gender dysphoria is this wonderful friend that has attached itself to mm-hmm. him as he has aged and not dealt with anxiety, worry, fear, mm-hmm. a whole host of issues. And so if you're trans, I'm not speaking about you or your experience. This is someone I love, someone I care about, someone that matters to me. And I've watched them struggle psychologically, emotionally, mm-hmm. and spiritually for decades. I've shared the gospel. Okay. They listen to my sermons. <laughs> they know me. In that moment, um, Zalisha, it was not helpful to beat the drum beat again of repent, repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ because he's not at a place to hear that. And that would have felt like to him condemnation mm-hmm. and judgment. And what I need to be there is I know that he knows what I believe. I know that he's heard the gospel mm-hmm. from me. He is not at a place 
to hear the gospel. So what I chose in that moment, Alicia, was to be a person who heard him. Mm -hmm. And so uh, does God hear the words of sinners? I believe that he does. And so in that moment, I was trying to be like God and listen to his words, even though we don't agree. I I don't agree um, with his choices. Mm -hmm. I don't think that transitioning will help him. That's my opinion. I Mm -hmm. think it will bring great harm to him. Um, But it doesn't help if I draw a line in the sand and I lose all relationship with him because he's someone that I love and care for very much. And so um, I'm sorry, Alicia, whenever I was sharing, I didn't share the whole story mm-hmm. because, I, you know, I, I, this person might listen to the podcast and I didn't know that I want them, you know, I was trying to share carefully, uh, but I think that absolutely we need to share the gospel, especially if they've never heard it. Mm-hmm. So had this person come to me and been trans and been struggling, what I would have shared was, look, what you need is a relationship with God. And, and, and the healing process starts with the confession of sin and finding your identity, not in gender, not in sex, but in Christ. Right. That's what I would have shared. But, um, you know, that's, it depends on, 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 on how the relationship is going. If, I, if I'm attacked by a trans person in anger and in screaming, I'm not going to engage. I'm going to find someplace safe and I'm going to get away. Mm-hmm. So you have to have wisdom when to engage and how to engage. I just had a had an encounter this week with a, with with a person who was not well and it was very frightening um for me. There may have been demons that were involved. I had to get out of that situation mm-hmm. because I was trapped. They, they got me in a, in a place and I mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm speaking very loosely um because right. They're probably listening, but I I had to get out of out of that situation. It was very frightening. And mm-hmm. and the person was bigger than me and more muscular than mm-hmm. me. And so I was like, okay, this is not this is not the time for clarity <laughs> right. and for preaching. Right. Um, I, I need to exercise wisdom. In the same way, the apostle Paul in Ephesus, when he wants to go to the theater to defend the faith, mm-hmm. all the believers say, Do not go. Yeah. Do not go. Um, because the apostle Paul does not serve the kingdom of God by dying. Uh, in 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 the in the theater that day, you say, "Well, the Lord would have kept him from dying, but okay, possibly, <laughs> or the Lord expected him to listen to good counsel." Mm-hmm. And so, so we need to listen to good counsel. So, yeah, Alicia, absolutely. you know, thank you for that. Um, I think our minds and our bodies are something that go hand in hand. And I would even add to that: our minds, our bodies, and our hearts. I think we are spiritual beings, we are physical beings, and we are emotional heart beings. We are all three of those mm-hmm. things. And and the problem with how our medical community treats the trans community is they're treating them biologically. Right. So, okay. And, it, so, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. And, right. um, you know, and there is some relief for some of these people who get some hormone therapy and, um, there's some initial relief, but, but again, Europe is telling, Europe is stopping this. Europe is saying, okay, this is not helping. We need to pull way back and America is just going forward and hurting people. And so, so Alicia, you know, uh, I just want, you to know that that I believe God loves trans people, and I believe that ultimately their redemption is found in Christ mm. and in salvation. Uh, and, and let me just say this though: accepting Christ and inviting Him in your heart is the first step of healing. Yes. It is not complete healing. Right. There's a pr- process of sanctification, and and God only heals as willing as deep as and as willing as we are to be real. Mm-hmm. So, God does not force healing upon areas that we do not expose. And so everybody listen to me, if, if you're frustrated with a lack of healing and, and, and a, a lack of, of, of things in your life, then just, just go to the Holy Spirit and say, okay, what do I need to open up to you? Where, where do I need to invite you into this? Because we only experience healing 
We only heal when we're real, as far as we're real. Yeah. And so invite God into that. So great question, great Alicia. Great question. And so, um, and let me say this to all of our listeners. I don't say everything I believe about every subject in every episode. Yeah, absolutely. So I, this Bits is not, this is not Matt Brown systematic theology 101. <laughs> These are responses to questions, specific questions and specific situations. And so, um, you know, Jesus doesn't treat every person the same. Yeah. He addresses Absolutely. them where they are. Yeah. And so, and I, I believe it the Bible says he that wins souls is wise. So we have to use a lot of yeah. wisdom in how we approach, especially yeah. the trans community. And I think you're right. The first thing is for them to repent and give their heart to Jesus. Yeah. And uh, then the Lord does the work inside of them. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. All so, right. So just know, Alicia, this, the person that I was talking about matters a great deal to me. We have, yeah. we have decades of history and I pray for his soul and, and I, and I, and I love him and I know mm. God loves him. And just know that I have shared the gospel many times. But in that moment, I felt like the best thing to do was listen. Yeah, so, so good. All right, Anonymous in Redlands. Hello, Pastor Matt. I feel like I'm being called to serve. I want to serve, but I'm afraid of judgment from others at the church. I'm a lesbian, and I have two kids that attend Sandals Church, along with myself and my life partner. Our church speaks of being real with God, ourselves, and others. And while I don't hide who I am, I also do not and will not flaunt it in front of others. My question is, can someone of my lifestyle still serve in your church? Right. So thank you, Anonymous. And I just want you to know I love you and, and, and I'm praying mm -hmm. for you. And I'm so grateful that uh, you want to come to church and you have a desire for, for God. And I think those things are fantastic. So here's what I want to do is I want to talk about what service is. Um, service is not volunteering. Service mm -hmm. is an act of worship. Mm -hmm. And so worship begins with living in, in a right way towards God. And so... God is not pleased if I come to church and I serve when I know that mm -hmm. there's an area of my life that is not serving him. And so uh, Anonymous, um, let me just say this. God loves you. God loves your children. You're in a very difficult situation. You're not alone. We have other gay couples in our church, some of which who have children. And, and it creates really two issues um, for the church. So, Well, actually, three issues for the church. So one is, is, is gay sex. Mm -hmm. So let me, let me separate that from being gay. So sexual intercourse between two women or two men um, is never approved in the Bible. There's, you know, uh, my gay friends call them the clobber passages. I, I just say they're clear. Mm -hmm. God's not trying to clobber you. He's trying to be clear. So sex between two women is not what God would have for you. Sex between two men is not what God would have for two men. Sex is to be enjoyed in the context of a lifelong monogamous relationship. So let me give you an example so you don't feel like I'm, I'm picking on you. I had a young lady come up to me on Sunday um, after church, and she said, I want to know if it's ever okay to dishonor your parents. I said, okay, let me hear your question. She said, I want to leave my parents and move in with my boyfriend. I was like, well, let's back up the bus. <laughs> um, I said, I said, you moving in with your boyfriend, and I presume you're going to have sex with your boyfriend when you move in with him because that's going to be his expectation. Mm -hmm. I said, that is dishonoring to God. Yep. So see, what she's doing, Anonymous, is the same thing you're doing. You're asking a secondary question when I need to pull you back to the first one. She wants to know if it's ever okay to dishonor your parents by dishonoring God. Yeah. <laughs> and so what you're asking is, is it ever okay to serve God um, when you're unwilling to serve him sexually? Mm -hmm. And so what I would say is let's start with your sex life before we start with your volunteer life. So let's let's start there. And... Um, and, and just talk to your, your spouse and, and just say, and, and I've walked through this with gay couples multiple times. Not every gay couple has agreed with me. Um, 
But this has become more complex now that gay marriage is a legal thing and there are children involved. Yeah. And so, uh, so there's two issues here, three issues. Once, one is gay sex, which the Bible is clear about. We're not mm -hmm. to participate in if we're Christians. Man, if, you, man if, you're not, if you're not a Christian, don't send me hate mail. Live however you want. Let me talk to our church about how we're supposed to live. Yeah. So holy means separate. Mm -hmm. um, what does that mean? Let me use this illustration. So there's a refrigerator right out there. And if I wanted to put my lunch in there and not have any of you eat it, guess what I do? Put my name on it. Yeah. I've just made it holy. It says it's mine. Don't eat my lunch. It belongs to Matt Brown. When you become a Christian, God puts his name on you. Mm -hmm. And it says, this is mine. And it is for no other, no one else's use but his. So as a person, and everyone listen to me, gay, straight, or trans, listen to me, because we are the most broken in the sexual arena as Christians today. God has put his name on you, and he said, I will allow you to have sex this way. This is a way that sex honors me. Mm -hmm. God has said that. His name is on you. He bought you with a price, so honor God with your body. It says, have sex within the context of marriage. Yeah. Because diversity, like we talk a lot about diversity, marriage is diversity. You take a man and a woman who are different, and you bring them together, and they experience oneness in the way that God is one. Mm -hmm. And so this goes all the way back to Genesis 127. God created the male and female in his own image and in his own likeness. Jesus affirmed this. The apostle Paul affirmed this. So don't throw Paul under the bus. Jesus's teaching on sex was more strict than Moses mm -hmm. and Paul. So he said, if you even look at a woman with lust, right. you've committed adultery in her heart. So don't, don't tell me Jesus, 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 because he was rough on this. So, so we, need to, we need to just say, okay, sex is sacred if I'm a Christian. So anonymous, right. I don't know if you're a Christian. You need to ask yourself. You may have a hunger for God, and that's great. Keep coming to Sandals and keep asking questions. Yeah. And don't listen to me. Ask God. God, what do you want from me and my partner? Mm -hmm. Sex is sacred. Next, your children are sacred. Mm -hmm. And God loves them. And we don't want your children to, to think that God wants to destroy their family to make them righteous. See, that's the problem. Yeah. And then, you know, we have the issue of divorce if you're married. And I don't, she said partner, so I don't know if they're married. She said lifelong partner. Lifelong partner. So, Not sure. So, so again, so here's how I've counseled. And I actually have two friends that are willing to come on the show. Hmm. Um, and they, I don't know they listen. And I love these two ladies. So they're gay. Um, not all gay women like the word lesbian anymore. Yeah. So, I, and I can't keep up with <laughs> what you can say or can't say. So I'm using the word lesbian because you did. Uh, but some women find that uh, pejorative. Is that is that the word? Yeah, not cool. Um, so I'm using it because you did not, because I'm trying to be insensitive to people who don't like that label. But these two women are gay, and they were married, and they have children. And they asked me, what do we do? And I said, well, you got to make a decision. And every believer has to make a decision. Who are you married to first? No one in, no one in our church is single if you're a Christian. You either are married to Jesus or you are not. Mm -hmm. The church is the bride of Christ. Jesus is the husband. That is taught all the way through the Bible. Yeah. And what we are looking forward to is the reunion of that marriage between us and God, where we come together as ones. Mm -hmm. So um, are you married to God or not? And if you are, then you need to honor him and how you have sex. And so this couple, I told them, you need, you need to honor God. And so they actually, I don't know if we have to have them on, on the show. I don't know if they're divorced or legally separated or what they've done, but they are no, they are no longer married. They live in separate bedrooms. Mm -hmm. And I said, you need to raise your children as sisters in the Lord. Mm. Now, I don't know as a man <laughs> that I would be able to do that and live with another man because sex is a, is a, I'm not saying it's not a powerful drive right. for you. I'm just saying as a man, it's a little overwhelming at times. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you would say it's overwhelming. 
I wouldn't call it overwhelming. Yeah, so I, I, I feel like I feel like sex makes me not think well at times. Yeah, right. My wife always thinks well. Right. She doesn't right. go crazy when it comes to sex. Now, now some women, right, have I don't want to lump. Sex drive, yeah, right, I don't want to lump whatever. everybody into the same group. But for them, it worked. Um, right. You know, and I and we had another couple uh, in our church, Ed and Tom, and they were together for thirty years, and so we had to have these conversations. Right. Like, look, guys, if you want to honor God, and, and their issue was they were senior citizens. <laughs> So we have, we have 40 years of history together. We have one house, one job, right. like one retirement. What do we do? And so I said the same thing. You live as brothers, mm-hmm. you know? And so those guys were funny because they were like, yeah, it's easy because I don't think he's attractive anymore. <laughs> like dudes, dudes could say things that you could never say to a woman. Like he was like, he's like, yeah, you're not attractive. He's like, well, you're not either. Yeah. And, and either of them, their feelings were hurt. It was great. Um, so, you know, um, but but they 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 chose to do that. Um, I think it's something easier to do if you're gay and you're single than if you're gay and you're married. But it's something that as the church we have to figure out. And so I'll say this to all of our listeners. So we have this couple in our church, and this is why I want to have them on. They feel judged mm. when they pick up their kids and they drop off their kids. And I just want everyone to hear the level of sacrifice yeah. that they are doing. Right. They love each other. They are attracted to each other. They were married, mm-hmm. but they love God more. Yeah. And so and I and I trust them. And again, I'm not accountable. And I, and I believe them. So if you're listening, I'm not saying you're lying. But if you are lying, that's not on me. Right. That's on you. Mm-hmm. That's not my judgment. That's yours. And I don't believe that they're lying. I believe I believe that they're honest. And it's been very difficult for them. But they're raising their kids to know and love God and saying, as gay people, as gay women, this is not what God has for you. Yeah. So hmm. um, it's, a t- it's a tough it's thing. It's tough. And, 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 this, and everybody listening, gay marriage has made this more difficult. Right. And adoption... And gay couples raising uh, children has made this issue more difficult for the church. So we don't completely throw scripture out, but we have to deal with the fact that our country has changed and we don't want to destroy um, children's lives Hmm. for our biblical understanding of sexuality. And so we have to find a compromise. We have to come together and we just have to say, look, here's what God wants. And so what I would say is that's something that you have to work out with your partner um, but the first act of service hmm. is choosing not to have sex. That is so good. And so let me tell you who did that for you. Hmm. Jesus. Yeah. Jesus chose, and you don't think ladies wanted him? Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, I mean, co- co- can every, every <laughs> single guy, you never want to go anywhere with Jesus. <laughs> right? Because every lady's like, oh, I feel called by God to marry you. Yeah, I'm sure you right. do. He's the chosen one. Right. Um, so I mean, how ladies just act with ministers in general. Sometimes they're following oh, yeah, all yeah. around. The well, can you imagine Jesus? Like it's not, it's <laughs> yeah. not even fair. So I'm sure, I'm sure he had some opportunities. Yeah, <laughs> but he chose not to do that because he was working for a different marriage, and that was him with his church. Mm. And so, um, I I think this is so good, as you always do so beautifully, is that you bring the conversation back to us as individuals. Yeah. So even if you're not dealing with uh, being gay in in terms of gay sex, right. like the first conversation is, are you honoring God with your life right. before you're thinking about serving? Are you serving him mm. first? That's the first, I think that is so good. That yeah. is for all of us that are listening Yeah. Um, before you're stepping or, or deciding to step into service. Not that you can't, but are you living a life that's honorable before God? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's a difficult thing. And, um, you know, we do have, um, a small group for those in the LGTB, LGBTQIA. We do have a small group for people that um, have same-sex attractiveness. But here's the, here's the condition. Don't come here to change us. Hmm. Please don't. Please honor us. 
Like, I'm not going to gay rallies. I'm not going to gay pride day. I'm not trying to change you. Please honor us. Conservative Christians deserve to be included in this inclusive, diverse society. Mm -hmm. So please include us. And I, I say that to all my liberal friends. I used to be one until I realized they did not mean liberalism. <laughs> right. They didn't mean what they said because you have to include people that you disagree with right. in your community to be a liberal. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, you are not liberal. Um, and so um, we need to allow conservative Christians to be a part of our community. Sandals is a conservative Christian church. And I don't mean like we're Republican. Right. I mean like we are trying to conserve. Conservative values, yes. We're trying to conserve what we believe the Bible has taught. Right. And, and listen to every gay person for 2,000 years. Mm -hmm. The church has taught that sex is to be between a man and yeah. a woman. For 2,000 years, um, sex is a little crazier in the Old Testament. Some, <laughs> so, some weird stuff happens. So, but, but since Jesus, <laughs> the church has taught, and I don't mean in the Old Testament that homosexuality was approved, but there was some right. weird stuff. Some weird on. stuff. So um, that we just culturally don't know. What, we don't know how to make sense of multiple wives, mm -hmm. sleeping with prostitutes. Right. Like we, like. That stuff happened. Um, but again, those of you who are listening, just because something is descriptive in the Bible does not mean it is prescriptive. Mm. That's a major theological mm -hmm. lesson to hermeneutics, and that is studying God's work. Just because God says it happened doesn't mean that he wanted it to happen. Right. So, um, you know, so just know that. So so sex is sacred. We need to understand this. And so, you know, I, I'm going to guess that, you know, being a part of Sandals, having heard this is going to be very difficult for you. So I'm sorry, but I love you. God loves you. He wants to save you. And the Bible teaches in the book of Corinthians that those who continue to engage in homosexual sex, this is what the Bible says, will not inherit the kingdom of God. I want you, Anonymous, to inherit the kingdom of God. And I don't want you to miss out on that kingdom because I believe that ultimately the sacrifice is worth it. And so Jesus thought it was worth it. Paul mm -hmm. thought it was worth it. Jeremiah was single. I'm trying to think of some other prophets that were single. Not everybody participated in marriage. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be married to understand God. Yeah. You have to be sexually obedient and sacred to understand God. Amen. And so, so again, yeah. I hope that helps. So I love good. you. And, and, and I, I just appreciate you. you that you're coming. So thanks for that, uh, sending in that question. That was, that was a long awesome. answer. That was really good. It, I think each part of it was so important, especially what I've never thought of was the fact when children are involved, God doesn't want to destroy your family mm. to, for, yeah. uh, to make you righteous. I forget how you said it, but to me, um, that's a piece of this puzzle that so many of us, I don't think have, have thought through in mm -hmm. the church. And I think, um, we need the wisdom of God in that. And so I thought every piece of that was really good. Yeah. Thank um, you. Delaney in Riverside. She's a high school student. Hey girl. Hey. hey okay. How do I keep God in my mind throughout the day when I go to public school and God can easily be the last thing in my mind? Yeah. Well, Delaney, I don't think that's just public school. That's just <laughs> yeah. life. Yeah. And so that's why the Shema, uh, the great command that Jesus said is the greatest commandment in the Bible. Um, talks about talking about him in the morning and at night mm -hmm. and when you go to sleep and get up. And so what I would encourage you to do, Delaney, is so find some friends where you're talking about um, the sermon, the mm -hmm. message, get in a D group. And don't just make your discussion about God, don't just confine it to the questions, mm -hmm. but invite it in your life and just say, I wanna, be, I wanna be with friends where we're talking about what does this mean? How do we live this? That's how you integrate God into mm -hmm. every part of your life. 
God doesn't just want you to be culturally Christian. He wants you to be personally yeah. Christian. And we talk about things that are personal. And so find friends that you can talk with that about. Um, if you don't have friends on your break, you know, uh, and they go to another school, text them, tweet them, talk about God. Yeah. And that's the way that you do it. And the other thing that you can do, Delaney, is you can pray anytime, anywhere. Maybe start something like you pray when you first get to school. Pray over your food. You don't have to make a big deal, you know, like part the Red Sea. <laughs> Just bow your head quietly, close your eyes, don't be disruptive, and pray over your food. Um, and then when somebody asks, what are you doing? Say, I'm asking God to bless my food mm -hmm. because I want God to bless everything in my life. Not just that that's outside of me. That's what people don't realize. What is food? That which comes inside mm -hmm. of me. So God bless, bless the inside and the outside. And, um, and just, just know that God will meet you wherever you are. And the fact that you're asking this question, I think says that you care about him more than you think. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And, uh, and, and I love this. I absolutely love this. I, I was getting, um, Chipotle the other night and uh, the worker behind the desk. Uh, I don't know if I should say her name or not. I'm not going to say her name because I don't want to embarrass her. But um, she just said, she said, I've never been more on fire for God. And she said, I, I just, I'm so thankful for what Sandals is doing. And I was like, mm -hmm. I'm thankful for that. And my Chipotle. <laughs> so, um, but I just thought that was awesome. So, so what is she doing? She's talking about God at work. Mm -hmm. I had no idea who she was. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't, I never know when somebody knows mm. me. So, um, that's awesome, Delaney. Yeah, so thank you, Delaney. Love you so much. I, you know, I think I love this, Delaney. I just feel like there has been such an onslaught of attack against Gen Z and yeah. Gen Alpha, but God is pouring out his spirit on these kids. Yeah, and um, so that's powerful, Delaney. Yeah. yeah so yeah. good. Okay, Melissa and Corona, this is our last question. Yay. In your message on the Sabbath, you stated that you are actually kind of proud of Sam that he's honest. You said this while referencing Sam Smith's performance at the Grammys. Will you please elaborate on that statement? Seeing sin in the world and seeing the devil all over Hollywood makes me feel no sense of pride. I'm wondering why you chose the word proud. Thank you for taking the time to answer this. Yeah. So Melissa, proud was not in my notes. So I, I, I probably would not have, if I, if I could say it again, I wouldn't have said pride because I, I do think that that triggers uh, part of the cultural revolution of the gay pride movement. And so, so here's what I meant to say. And again, um, you know, when I'm preaching, try to have grace. And if I say something that confuses or that you question, feel free to ask. That's what mm. the debrief is for, to provide clarity on what was said. And I don't think I said that. I don't know what I said in my live message. I don't know if I used the word pride or not. So here's what I meant by that. So I was using what's called a hyperbole, Melissa. So Jesus uses this all the time. So he uses an exaggeration to make a point, a mm -hmm. rhetorical point where you cannot respond to it. So uh, when does Jesus do that? Unless you, you know, it is better to cut your, gouge your eye out or cut mm -hmm. your hand off than to go to hell. Well, sometimes literally, unfortunately, in our, in our Christian heritage, people did that. Yeah. You know, they, they sinned with lust for a woman, so they gouged their eye out or they struggled with masturbation, so they cut their hand off, right? right? Well, that's not what Jesus meant because this is God's body. And mm -hmm. so... What he's doing is he's speaking in hyper hyperbole. He's exaggerating to make a point that's so profound you you can't even respond to it. It just hits you in the face. And so that's what I was trying to say is. And so so here's what I meant by that. So much of of modern culture when it encourages you to sin is not honest. Hmm. It's it's cloaked in this camouflage of love, this camouflage of goodness, and this camouflage of truth. And so it encourages you to sin without labeling it as mm -hmm. sin. And what I appreciated about what Sam Smith did is not what he stands for. It's not what he's living for. It's that he came out and he unapologetically said, I'm going to write a song called Unholy, which is what most songs are. Mm -hmm. I'm going to live a life in bondage to whom? 
Well, he dressed up like his version of Satan, and he put himself and his dancers in a cage. I hope that young people looked at that and said, is that the life I want? Right. Do I want to live in darkness? Do I want to be bound by my desires? Do I want to live an unholy life? Because that is what Sam Smith is doing. So here's what I wish I would have said, Melissa. I wish I would have used the word glad. I'm glad that Sam Smith did that. And here's why. And so again, if you're listening to the debrief, if you want to be a part of Sandals Church, one of the criticisms of Christians is we don't think. I want us to think. And oftentimes what we do is we put God in a box and and pastors preach to the choir and mm. we're just as silly as Christians as that person you see driving down the highway with a mask on their face <laughs> in a car by themselves. Okay? And that's what that's what we look like as Christians. We look that silly when we create this little tiny box that we live in mm. where we're in an echo chamber right. and we're never challenged. Mm. So what I'm doing is I'm speaking to something culturally. And so what I meant to say, and I said it poorly, what I wish I would have said, I, I wish I would have said glad. And so here's where I want you to put on your thinking hats. Why would I say that? Well, the apostle Paul writes about love in 1 Corinthians 13. And he says this line, love rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Mm. What Sam Smith was singing about is true. Mm -hmm. He is unholy. He is in bondage and he is headed for an eternity with the devil. And so in that, I rejoice. I don't rejoice that he worships the devil. I don't rejoice that he's going to hell. I rejoice in the fact that we had an, an, an artist oh, yeah. that was honest yeah. and mm -hmm. said unapologetically, I am living for the things of hell and I am living for evil and I am headed towards away from everything that is God. Mm -hmm. That's what I rejoice in because that's what so much of music is saying it's just saying it with a better beat. Right. I don't even think his song was that great. It's saying, it's saying in this camouflage of love, mm -hmm. you know. So right. So it's not. It's it's not about transgender. It's not about gay sex. It's about love. love. Yeah. So so that's harder to deal with for young people because it's well. Why would you be against love? Right. I'm not against love. I'm against. Uh, I'm not even against gay sex. God is not for sex between same sex. Right. He's made you separate for a reason. Um, so, so God is saying, look, man, love whoever you want. Like to our anonymous, God is not telling you not to love your partner. Mm -hmm. Love her. Love her with every ounce of your being, but love her as your sister in Christ. Mm -hmm. Don't love her as your sexual partner. Mm -hmm. Even if you're attracted, we have, to, we have to make a decision. Who am I more attracted to? God or things? Yeah. The second command, thou shalt not have any idols. My sexuality, for many of us, is an idol. Mm -hmm. It's an idol for Sam Smith. And what has that idol done, Melissa? It's put him in a cage. Mm -hmm. It's put him in darkness. And he's got horns on his head. <laughs> Praise God, the truth just mm. won yeah. out. And, and as Christians, I think we need to look at that and celebrate, not his life, the truth. Mm -hmm. Because young people need to see that and go, is that what I... Is that, is that what, what I'm singing? Yeah. yeah, is that what I'm singing about? Is that what I want to be about? And um, and then look at Sam Smith when he began. He was beautiful when he yeah. began. And look at who he is now. Look at what his lifestyle is doing. Um, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw Trump in here. The problem with Trump is he becomes the issue. Right. And 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 then we can't talk about any of the issues mm -hmm. because he's so big, he swallows all the room. So 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 the reason I like him out of the discussion is we can actually talk about 
what we're teaching our kid in schools. Right. We can actually talk about what an open border means. Right. We can actually talk about what not prosecuting people, you know, who you know, you know, for crimes. We can talk about what that's like because no one wants to live in that world right. because the truth has won out. Mm -hmm. And so what what are we learning in San Francisco? Progressivism <laughs> is a disaster. Mm -hmm. It's a total disaster. San Francisco's lost 200,000, I think, residents. Mm -hmm. People are saying I'm done. Yeah. Lifelong liberals. This this we were in San Francisco this weekend and we had a rental car with no plates. We didn't oh, realize no. it. And we got pulled over. Yeah. And he was like, Yeah, you can't drive a rental car with no plates here in San Francisco. There's way too much crime. It's out of control. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. No, I mean, we I'll never go again. Like yeah. I, I, San Francisco, for those of you who haven't been, San Francisco <laughs> should is, be the most beautiful city on earth. Yeah, it's it should not. be. When you want to look at what progressive policies do is it brings hell on earth. Mm. And it is so sad and so awful and, and so evil. Um, every time we were in a Rite Aid, it was robbed. We were probably in, we were probably in a Rite Aid five times uh, when we were there. Oh every gosh. single time it was robbed. Yeah. So, and, and, and that's with armed security. But they can't do anything. Yeah, what they, yeah. because if it's if it's less than seven hundred fifty dollars, you have to let them walk. Yeah, and and, and what they were trying to do is get the items out of the shopping carts, so they then turned into a wrestling match. Oh my gosh! So yeah, it was, dude. It I, was. You know, I I think I understood what you said, even when you said the word proud. It was just that he was true. Yeah. To what he says, he looks like, acts like, mm -hmm. sings like what's actually in his heart, like on you know, we'll call it black Twitter or like yeah, with yeah. some things that are happening in the African-American community amongst believers and are, they're calling out Beyonce because she has this huge concert coming up mm. and she 100% hates Christianity. And mm. so there has been this crazy back and forth, mm. like don't mess with Bay, like that's our girl, you know? And then the Christians are saying, but she, every African pastor has called her out about the deities that she worships and the, the, the uh the spirits that she embodies and so i think like you said we have this music that it is unholy it's right. exactly what sam smith is speaking about but because it's not cloaked in a way mm -hmm. that looks that has horns or whatever people miss it yeah. and sam smith was going no i have demons i'm full of demons yes. and i'm singing about them yeah. yeah and meanwhile beyonce looks beautiful right looks polished and so that's what i was trying to say melissa is thank you for that that was mm -hmm. great it's a whole lot harder to discern where evil is in Beyonce's life. Right. Even it, though she came out on a red horse, a white horse, a black horse, like it's mm, very blatant. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't even see that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so those things, those things are, are, are extraordinarily difficult for young people who right. idolize, do you right. hear the word? Of course. These yeah. performers and these people. And so, um, you know, I mean, it's just like the Chiefs won the Super Bowl and we have adults in tox publicly intoxicated in Kansas City right. vomiting right. And, and acting like total morons. And OK, that's bad. But it's also an opportunity to be truthful with your kids. Hmm. There, there, there are some things that celebrityism glorifies that we don't want to be a part of. That's right. And it's really hard as parents to pick and choose because Pinocchio, Pinocchio is not duped to Pleasure Island with the devil on a cart in a right. cage. No. He's duped with candy and unlimited and carnival fun. Games. Yeah. And so what I was trying to say, Melissa, is I I appreciate that that Sam Smith was at least saying where he's leading. You. <laughs> right, right. I right. am going to live a unholy life and, and you're it's going to unapologetic. Yeah. <laughs> and and um and it's a picture of what Revelation says. So as the book of Revelation lays mm -hmm. out, it says the people will will not repent, and even though God pours this judgment out, and they will not believe in mm -hmm. God, like mm -hmm. 
Sam Smith, and, and I pray that his heart isn't ultimately hardened. You know, there's there's always hope, uh, even though it may be slim. Because here's the thing that people need to understand. As you harden your heart like Pharaoh, God hands you over to mm-hmm. the hardness of your heart. Yeah. And so there comes a point in time, and this is really, really hard. Um, you know, back to our first episode with Jeffrey Dahmer, where, <laughs> where I don't know that people, he, his heart was so desensitized to, to murder and eat people that I'm not sure, sure. He, he would ever repent. But what he could do was do what he'd always done, which is manipulate. Mm-hmm. And so he was willing to manipulate Christians with the gospel. Mm-hmm. So we thought we were going to save him with the gospel. Right. He was going to manipulate us with the gospel to prolong his life mm-hmm. potentially. So I know I just scooped up that controversy again. Not that anybody <laughs> can remember him because we, we have like what uh, goldfish memories, yeah, like right. 10 seconds and then we're like right. gone. So Melissa, <laughs> that's, that's what I meant. Um, yeah. I, I'm not, I don't take pride in what he did. And I, again, I wish I would have used a, a different mm-hmm. word in that moment. But what I was trying to do was use hyperbole to shock everybody Instead of being like, oh my gosh, thank God that finally somebody's being honest because right. this is where this is where you're going. Right, absolutely. You know, this is where you're going. Sam Smith is is standing on the on the. We're going to the narrow road, and there's very few voices that point that Sam Smith is standing on the wide road that mm-hmm. leads to destruction. And he stood up and said, "We're going to hell. Who's with me?" Yeah, and, and he dressed like his yeah. his Lord. Yeah, and, <laughs> right. And in that, I went, "Thank God mm-hmm. for His honesty." Yeah. I don't think the devil was pleased with what he did. Because right. the devil wants right. to be cloaked. camouflaged yep. and cloaked. The devil's weapon is confusion. Mm-hmm. Sam Smith was foolish enough to be honest. And that's why I went, okay, thank you. That's where that leads. That's where that's headed. And, um, you know, I'm even seeing this amongst my LGBTQ friends that are saying, okay, this movement it's wild. It's, it's going yeah. too far. Yeah. It's, it's losing all sense of reality. I heard Jeffree Star say that. Jeffree Star is the one that is a makeup artist and yeah. he dresses like a woman and his makeup is always very beautiful yeah. and he has a makeup line. I heard him say, your kid can be a tomboy and it's there. She's not a boy. Yeah. Like he said, and I can say it because you need somebody on this side to say yeah. it. Um, and so it's going just wonky. Like yeah. there's, it, it is almost, um, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And I think, did you say this? Like God is for, uh, mercy. It, yeah. It, but the, he he draws the there yeah. is a judgment yeah. like he draws the line especially mm. when it comes to his kids yeah. yeah so it's called the theological term is judicial hardening yeah. and so what yeah. that means is um, we can get so far from God where our heart is so desensitized mm. to the gospel we we don't hear God or see God and we become like Pharaoh and his own his own wizards and magicians right. are like. Yeah, that's the finger of God. We yeah, can't, let's shut yeah, it down. We need to shut this down. <laughs> and you become so foolish. When do you want me to pull God's curse off you? Hmm. Tomorrow. Yeah. Right. I mean, you're just you're just lost. So blind. Yeah. And um, you know, and, and so again, for 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 everybody, you know, and and again, and I want to be very very gentle with our anonymous caller, but ultimate sexual freedom always leads to perversion. It's never satisfied. Mm-hmm. So look at Sam Smith. He's gay. That's not enough. And he just right. he just gets on this fast track where he just mm. keeps going. And 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 so, you know, we all want to say, well, why why is God against sex? Look, sex is something that must be controlled. It it must <laughs> be. It is a desire that, you know, can give, you know, 
uh, warmth to, to your marriage or it can burn your house down. Mm-hmm. And so look at what happens to people who just throw off restraint. Look at Jeffrey Epstein. Mm-hmm. Look at uh, who's the who's the uh, TV movie producer that's in, you know, he, he Weinstein Weinstein. These guys are wealthy enough. Listen to this. They can have any prostitute they want from any nation, any place at any price. But that's not enough. No. Right. They've got to. Jeffrey Epstein has to have underage girls. And and uh, who's the other guy? Harvey Weinstein has to force himself on actresses to rape them. Why? Unlimited sexual freedom is never satisfied. Mm-hmm. And it just keeps going. Mm-hmm. It just keeps going and it doesn't stop until it destroys you. And, you know, and, and we, and we want to say it's all about love. So much of it is harm. And so what I appreciated about Sam Smith is he was, he was foolishly honest for a moment. Um, I'm going to guess his career is going to be over at some point. It didn't seem <laughs> particularly, I, I, I didn't, you know, I mean, I didn't like his, you know, I didn't like what he's singing about, but I didn't walk away from that performance going, that was awesome. Right. You know, right. I, he's incredibly talented. I, I was like, right. I was like, okay, <laughs> this guy's lost it. Yeah. And, and it's sad because he's incredibly talented, yeah. but right. yeah. you know, he's, mm. he's given himself over to, over to the enemy. And, and here's yes. what you need to know about the enemy. The enemy <laughs> always kills, Yep. kills your career, kills your life and yeah. will kill your soul. Because that's what he does. Only Jesus brings life. Amen. So, Amen. Yeah. This is so good. These questions are great. Yeah, you guys, great questions. Thank you for uh, submitting. Thank you for listening and watching the debrief with Pastor Matt Brown. I'm so excited to see you guys again or hear from yep. you again. Bye. Thanks for listening to the debrief podcast with Matt Brown. If you enjoyed this episode, consider liking, subscribing, and sharing it with a friend. If you would like to submit a question to Pastor Matt, you can do so at move.sc slash ask. And if you would like to support the work we are doing, consider donating at donate.sc. Thank you again and have a blessed day.